Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we propose to drink an immodest number of beers. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. This week we are reading A Modest Proposal by Jonathan Swift. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And starting with a beer, it's called Decadent Delight. It is a collaboration between Evil Twin Brewing and Decadent Ales. Twins would factor highly into this book or this pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, this is a short read. Anyone could read this. You don't even have to read books but it's, to be able to you read know, this. it's small but succulent. <laughs> it's like the veal of books. It <laughs> is the veal. <laughs> the, 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 you know what? Uh, There's not a lot there, the but the meat is the, al dente. The meat is rich. <laughs> oh my god, al dente. <laughs> not quite ripe. So this is an imperial stout with pistachio, cinnamon, and coconut added. Let's have that, gentlemen. Not enough coconut. I know. I get it's cinnamon. Very chocolate. And I get a little. Co- I, get, very I don't chocolate. get any pistachio. I don't even know what you would taste. This tastes like all the coffee ones, but with that sweetness, which is kind of the coconut, I guess. If you let it really linger, it's pretty bitter. I do like this. It's very good. It is. It's pretty good. Yeah, having had about uh, forty-five hundred of these at this point in my life. I've kind of adjusted to it, so I, I don't dislike it as much. I still would not order this in a bar, but I can appreciate it more a little bit now. But still, they, they are all very similar. And it's hard, it's really hard, aside from like a handful of them, to really differentiate. Well, I was hoping the pistachio, cinnamon, coconut, that's a different I mean, combination. Pista- pistachio is not really a strong flavor. I mean, I'm really thinking of the ice cream, honestly, when I'm thinking of pistachio flavor. Yeah, I think that's the only way people know what pistachios taste like. I've eaten raw pistachios. They're delicious, but they don't taste like the ice cream at all. They're too much work. Um, They're too much work. You could buy shelled pistachios. That's a dangerous thing. I'm also not lazy. I'm pretty lazy, but not that lazy. So so you're not lazy enough to buy them shelled, but you're too lazy to buy them unshelled. Yeah, I'm in the taint of pistachio You could just never have pistachios. I mean, sometimes it's fine. The if, uncanny valley of I'm pistachio certainly, eating. I'm <laughs> never going to buy them, but if they're around, I'll eat a little bit. And, you know, the ones that are, like, open, where it's like, okay, sure. And you just kind of, like, touch them and they fall apart. But then there's the ones where it's, like, a clam that's still alive. And I was like, I can't fuck with this. Yeah, some are impossible to get open. It's yeah. like you have to hit it with a fucking sledgehammer. Well, not when it's in beer form. But anyway, so this is a beer. It's pretty good. Um, this is the first of at least four uh, decadent Delight collaborations. We have had number one now, and we've had number four. Number two could be in our cellar. And number three, I've never even seen in person, so I don't know if we ever find one of those. Or, hey, if you want to send us one, send us an email, I'll tell you where to send it. What, what is this? I'm confused. It's a collaboration between Evil Twin and Decadent. Oh, Decadent okay. Delight. So gotcha, this is Decadent gotcha, Delight gotcha. one. So this is a, okay. We had Decadent Delight four sometime in the past or future when we did Outsiders. It was the Coca-Cola Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. But this is our Thanksgiving episode, and why is it? Thanksgiving is a decadent time. And, and this, is an, this book is about food. It is about food. <laughs> uh, so it's, a, it's a, a pamphlet, an essay. This is something that people reference throughout your life, and maybe, most likely, almost definitely, you've never read it. Neither have they. And you oh, should yeah. read it. It's, it's fun and interesting, funny and brief. It is very brief. What, uh, it's like... It the when the the version I you can find it online for free of course oh yeah it's from fucking three and they ago. number it by paragraph not by pages so you could bang this out in 
15 minutes. And you should read it. In fact, it was actually included in at least one edition of the 1001 Books You Must Read Before You Die book. This was one of the quote-unquote books. I would give it that. This is probably one of the... I'm not sure the, it meets the definition of a book, but should yeah, you read it? it? It's yeah, tough. sure. It's, mean, it's one of the ultimate examples of satire in the English language, possibly any language. Yeah. But you can't read the other languages because we're Americans. <laughs> we don't <laughs> so read you, other languages. <laughs> exactly. If you want to know about satire, this is... This he did not invent it by any stretch. From what I, in my reading of Wikipedia, this was uh, modeled on, like, the, the satires of Juvenal, the Yeah, it's like ancient the rapper, Roman Juvenile. Juvenile. <laughs> the, the Roman satirist. Yes. Uh, Not half goat, satirist. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, what does Swift advocate in this essay? Well, in the first uh, part, almost half, really. I mean, half of five pages. So, two pages, he's really talking about how Basically, how poor the Irish are. You have to... That part's not satire. The stuff, the <laughs> yeah, stuff, that part was true. The background of this is that Jonathan Swift was an Irish man who spent much of his life living in London. You know, I was convinced it was written during the famine, but this is written a hundred years before the famine, which more. I was surprised. Basically, the English have always felt the Irish were basically subhuman and not to be treated like people. And... John Swift, as an Irishman, they got something was, right, I guess. yeah, well, of course, yeah. <laughs> felt that this was not nice. And he spent, you know, a lot of his time, I don't know what else he wrote, but he was... He was Oliver's a, Travels? Yeah, okay, yeah. sure, yeah. So That's about, the big one. I big, can't tell you any... I'm sure he wrote many other things. Couldn't tell you anything else. But that book's worth reading, too, by the way. But he felt very strongly about how the Irish were treated as a people. And that was kind of part of the, much of the basis of this. And the British, they wanted the land and pretty much just wanted the Irish to leave or die. Like the, the uh, British, Whatever the, comes the, first. English, the English, they just wanted to like keep the land for themselves. Yes. This is where the British started that whole, you know, empire thing. They did a lot of empiring. It just happened that poor Ireland was right next door. And uh, they thought not only w- the, the Irish people were easy enough to conquer. Because they did it in the 1200s. Yeah, they did it a while before. And uh, they subjugated them, and they, especially post-Protestant Reformation, were able to persecute them for religious purposes. That was a big part of this pamphlet. So yeah, let's go take that sweet, sweet Emerald, emerald Isle for ourselves. And have a beer while we're there. Yeah. What is this? All right, let's... What's this dovetails with the last beer? This is from Evil Twin NYC. And that, I can't even try to remember that name. It is like a paragraph. It's almost, it's like 10% of, the, of this book is the name of this beer. This beer is called Salty Tough Nutty Bedside Dude Staff Jesus Edition 2. You heard it here. I think it's a, it is an a imperial style with peanut Imperial butter. stout brewed with toffee, toffee chips and peanut butter powder. Peanut Drink butter powder. What? Ten percent or so, right? Is peanut butter powder just peanut powder? It's dehydrated peanut butter. I don't see the percent, but I'm sure it's on here somewhere. Uh, yeah. Okay. So they crush up peanuts, make it into butter, with adding other stuff, and then make that back into powder. I believe so. 
that way you could add it to. I mean, I think I think originally that kind of came out for like, I imagine it protein came out, shakes. Yeah, exactly. Like dietetic kind of purposes. Like, let me I'm gonna make a protein shake with the peanut butter in it. Uh, this is a 10% alcohol beer. What in God's name does this have to do with anything, Jimmy? Well, Jonathan Swift throughout this entire pamphlet is pretty fucking salty, and <laughs> his his uh, and his project his, his ideas are his nutty. ideas are pretty nutty. And then they, they do worship Jesus. Yeah, also Jesus. I forgot about that part, but yeah. This is pretty nice. <laughs> Salty and nutty. <laughs> I don't... He's pretty, he's pretty salty through this whole thing. I do taste... Um, uh, uh, it's a, it's a little peanut buttery. I do get a peanut buttery flavor. I don't get... Toffee is just I sweet. still don't know what toffee is. Is it like caramel kind of thing? I'm or? thinking of um, like toffee chips, you know, like the... Yeah, but I don't item. know what that is. Oh, I don't know. What, how do you make those? You just I, it was, wasn't it like um, sugar or like caramelized something? Uh, caramelized Irish children. Oh, well, in that case, yeah. Don't give it away. <laughs> right. So anyway, he... Everyone knows what the book is vaguely about. because about the they, true oh, meaning of Thanksgiving. They saw a reference <laughs> to it late, you know, at some point, and they think, oh, oh, oh. I'm cultured. So he is he hmm, how would you say it without giving away? Basically, he identifies away. We're two beers in. We only got one more. We gotta give it away. He identifies the problem with Ireland is that they have too many children they cannot afford. Well the problem yes, in addition to the the problem is primarily that they're too poor. The secondary problem is they keep having children. What do we do with these extra children for people who are too poor? can't afford to feed them nor themselves. What is the most logical solution? <laughs> if you know, if you were if you were a fucking redcoat. If you yeah, if you treat if they're not human beings. What resource do the Irish have? I mean they could use? you know meat's as good as meat. So eat the babies. Anyway, eat yeah, the babies. That's yes. it. You gotta cut them up and eat them. But don't just cut them up. Do it strategically. Those, as he says, those babies are going to starve anyway, as well as the family. You might as well cut up the babies and serve those babies to the landlords because you can't have the poor eating that sweet baby meat. But the money, <laughs> they, they, spoiled. the money they get from selling their dismembered cooked children will go to feed them on potatoes and whatever the fuck those poor Irish eat. What's something right right before the potato family? Like the average Irish man ate like eight pounds of potatoes a day, or something absurd. The fam- like family that. ate fifteen to twenty potatoes a day. It was like, like each person, and that's all they ate was just ten to fifteen potatoes a day. They, they literally, for the most part, most people could not afford to eat anything else. They were basically subsistence farmers, just eating potatoes because that was cheap, and it was one particular kind of potato called the lumper, which was why the blight wiped them out. Lumper? It was called the it's it's called the lumper potato. Lumper, okay. Yeah. It was probably lumpy, I don't know. But it was, you know, it was a full meal in a thing. It was, you know, a complex carbohydrate and got vitamins and shit in the skin. Because they ate the skin because, you know, like a baby. Gotta eat the whole part. <laughs> and give it away, man. Basically they had to they had to uh subsist on these and they were dirt fucking poor and the system set in place by 
the British basically was that they couldn't grow anything else, right? They they just literally couldn't afford to. It was basically it was a system of landlords and tenants, which was almost feudalism, but not technically feudalism, because the Irish basically either were not allowed to own land because they were Catholic or could not own land because they were too poor. So, you know, fancy families owned the country and basically parceled out sections of the farmland to poor families. And as these families grew, they would have to further subdivide their parcels out to, like, this son gets this one with his wife and this son gets this one with his wife. And, you know, so everyone's land got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller over the ensuing generations. centuries, years, yeah. <laughs> so by the time the famine came around, it was even worse than it was in this point when he is writing a hundred plus years earlier about the crippling poverty in Ireland. So they should have listened to his advice is what you're saying, huh? You know, it's, it's not a cost-efficient method, certainly, as, as you were saying earlier. <laughs> But the point was to sell the babies and also take their skin and make gloves yeah. for fancy, you know, it's, you know, it's fancy, fancy leather. So the, uh, the first, so the tone of leather. the whole thing, <laughs> baby leather, 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 which also is oh a word God. in Irish. Leather is like ramble. That makes sense. Or it's baby leather. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the tone of the, of the whole thing is very serious. And like I said, the first it's, half... It's incredibly the, sarcastic. The, well, yeah, it is, except you don't... The first half, you don't know it's sarcastic. I mean, unless you've already heard about what the point of the whole thing is. But anyway, so it's very serious, and then he finally gets to what his solution is. And I'm just going to... Yeah, he does talk, the he part, spends a lot of time talking about the poverty face them and these poor wretches, and it's like, oh, how sad it is. They are so poor. Them? What can we do for them? What can we do to assist them? And his solution is selling the infants for food. Yes, he, he has like an excruciatingly long buildup for it. Yes. Let me, so, and that's his thing. And let me just, here's one, one quick uh, sentence. I have been assured by a very knowing American of my acquaintance in London that a healthy, that a young healthy child, well nursed, is at a year old, a most delicious, nourishing, and wholesome food, whether stewed, roasted, baked, or boiled. And I make no doubt that it will equally serve in a fricassee or a ragu. Is that what's in ragu? Yeah. <laughs> the, the tomato sauce? Yeah. <laughs> it's like ragu, garlic and onion, ragu, baby, ragu, tomato. Yeah. I also like when he uh, talks about how, as a secondary bonus... There will be less papists when you eat these Catholic babies for the greater good of the uh, Protestant people. I believe in terms of uh, quality beef, baby is known as Wagyu. (laughs) 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 Yes. It's it's baby beef. (laughs) Co-baby beef. That's what it is. (laughs) Any children of Kobe... Uh, it's exceptionally uh, supple. <laughs> so, uh, and that's basically the whole thing. And yeah. he just kind of articulates just, goes, the ways goes, to use baby He goes beefs. further and further into how to cook the babies and, like, parcel up their parts for cuts of meat. You can imagine one of those um, butcher diagrams of a pig. Yeah. But of a baby. It's like, oh, loin of baby. 
And here's the spare ribs. It's like, oh, the the thigh might provide a, a full meal for a, a grown family man. Of four. Yeah. yeah. The the gristle and all that shit on it. <laughs> gristle lumps. Gristle lumps. Fried gristle lumps. <laughs> um, and that's basically it. He never says at the end, "JK." He just ends. Well, you can't mm-hmm. at the end of satire say, "Gotcha." No, he just presents it. And so the, the reason why I say that, when I was in high school, we had to read this in a class, and some poor naive girl did not realize it was satirical, who was like, I can't believe he's suggesting eating babies. This is barbaric and horrific. And the teacher's like, yeah, it's not serious. It's a joke. It's a... But there was a girl in senior year of high school... We're going to read a whole one. It was a pretentious We class. went to a humanities school. Yeah. And they did not fucking understand what satire was. I feel like the only... Like, I, honestly, was, this, I don't think school thing, taught me that. Honestly, this thing really. was... Yes, but common sense yeah. for reading it. Like, this thing was fucking dripping. Like, reading it, I could hear and feel the spite in every word he wrote. Yeah. It was... This was, like... The sassiest white man in the world. He's a great writer, Swift. It was a, it was a visceral hatred in oh, every yeah. word. Well, because I mean, the, the 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 satirical thing is right. Like the British treatment of the Irish treats the Irish people as if they are essentially They're like animals, a cash crop. Yeah, they are like they don't a care thing if to they, exploit. They are a thing that. Like they don't like. Oh, you own these people, but they're there if to be they managed. Die. Whatever, they're just product. Yeah. Uh, picture the darkest Onion article you've ever read. <laughs> and then multiply it by, ooh, God knows what. Speaking of which, that's oh. why I brought this last beer. This is a nice change of pace. We had two Imperial Stouts, both from Evil Twin or Evil Twin and Decadent. This is a very different thing. Uh, this is from Dark Souls again. Ooh. Or more before. And, no, Departed Souls, sorry, is what it's called. Departed Souls, and this is... Oh, it's another gluten-free. God uh, damn it. But anyway, this is called Go Big or Go Home. Because if you're going to write satire, Jonathan, Jonathan Swift knew how to go big I or mean, go yeah, home. Yeah, that's certainly certainly the case. And if you're going to have breakfast... It's a picture of a <laughs> velociraptor... Doing something. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Eating a baby, probably. He's like on the most appropriate. He's like hanging onto a washboard. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Someone can tell me what this is. It looks. I see like a prop plane. There's a prop plane, but I don't know what the Velociraptor's doing on the cover. Oh, it's isn't that not the top of the Empire State Building? Oh, is it? Isn't it? It might be. That makes sense. But he's also holding. Yeah, I don't know what that is. He's definitely got a can of beer in one hand, one claw. All right, so this is our second gluten-free beer ever on the show. Gluten-free beer. That was a word. The Statue of Liberty is in the prop plane. It looks like okay, a Okay, this is less bad than the last one. This is definitely better than the other one we had by also think, Departed Soul. I guess Departed... Back in the day, whenever that was. Their, their thing is just gluten-free. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like... I think that's all their beers. Oh, okay. I mean, I never thought gluten had a taste. So I I wasn't sure, but it's this tastes more like a regular beer. Yeah, the other one I, I, I don't know if it was I bad because like it was banana. gluten free. It does taste a lot like banana. This has a lot of this is very banana y. 
but it also has kind of a weird aftertaste. It, like I, I don't, I don't think the gluten free has anything to do with the taste. I, I, I think, think that's just like bias on our part. Well, it could be that they just are not making as convincing a beer. But if I was handed this to sip it, so here's a beer. I think I would not be like, this is a normal IPA. I said, that's something, something strange about this. This is not an IPA at all. all right, well, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know what it says on the can, but this doesn't taste like an IPA. Well, it's made with gluten-free yeast, millet, quinoa, rice, and candy syrup. Quinoa? It's brewed from quinoa. Unless you pronounce it quinoa. I believe that's quinoa. No, no, I just mean, but they don't use barley. They use quinoa. Well, they Maybe have, that's part of their... Have, uh, that could be their, their grain, you know? They want also to get rid of all the glutes. I don't, oh, and millet. Millet. I don't know what millet even is. It's another another grain that people don't really grow Something that much anymore. Horses you get eat. from Bob's Red Farm or whatever, the bread mill, that, that section of the supermarket you never purchased from. I don't even know that section. It, it, when you they go don't to, have that at Key Food. No, they have it at my Key Food. When you go to the uh, the baking section, there's you know your Duncan Hines and your... Domino sugar, like your huge mega name brands. I mostly skip that section because I've never baked. And then there's this section in <laughs> Bob's, Bob's Red Mill, and it's here's our say. pounded <laughs> coconut flour, and it's like nine dollars a pound. And here's our almond. That's pretty cheap. Like whatever it is, you know. I don't. Know, I, I'm totally making these things up, but it's all like flax pancake mix, like super hippie kind of shit. I'm sure it's delicious. But I never have had to purchase it because I'm like, I'm not going to make buckwheat waffles right now. I don't need that. Yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. We're getting, we're getting way in the weeds. Back to the eating babies because we can't have dessert uh, yet. Anyway, it is, in terms of satire, it is so much further out there than really it's, anything else. It, was, it, was, it still is considered yeah. extreme as fuck. And even like in the 1750s, 1725, 1720s, it was incomprehensible to most people because, you know, it was also incomprehensible that they treat the Irish like people. But this was (laughs) even crazier than that. But eat their babies. That's that's a little too much. 1729. Okay. I I was reading it. I was like, like, this must have been during the famine because all this poverty in Ireland... But I was like, wow, this was a lot you know, before. It's, it's a it century. only a got century. worse. <laughs> well, we didn't actually say the full title, actually. The full title is oh, right. A Modest Proposal for Preventing the Children of Poor People from Being a birth- burden, burden to Their Parents or Country and for Making Them Beneficial to the Public. What a K at the end of it. I mean, he's not wrong. It, he's stag- do that. staggeringly pragmatic. I mean, it's, it's, it's very... Straight faced. Like here's our here's the thing. There's never a wink and a nod. No. Like, here it is. I, I, I wonder how it was received. It was not received well. Do you know that? I, I remember reading like people people got that it was satire, but you know, I, I honestly I don't remember. I don't remember. Well they're probably like, well that's that's I'll teach those Irish people for having a thousand children named Kevin. Yeah, I mean you can't you know, no matter what pamphlet you fucking read or write, people are going to read it like, oh, that's sad, but they don't give a shit. They're not going to change. Yeah, I mean, it's true. People change for lots of things. They did not change on this. Um, well, the overall, overall British approach certainly did not change. That's true. Yeah, that's exactly what he was trying to do. Or maybe but he wasn't even trying to do. this is also a time when the British government did not really heed much of the uh, will of its people. Certainly. 
So no. even if he got a huge swath of British subjects to be appalled and shocked, yeah, if it wasn't the House of it. Lords didn't give a fuck, it didn't matter. And they were not going to give a fuck. No. Uh, during More this time, I to like, also, like, during this time, um, governments, like, didn't do welfare. Like, governments nowhere in the world really spent very much time or money or effort on yeah. helping people. It was really... Even, you know, even, a, even 120 years later, during the famine, it was an argument between the conservative party and the liberal party, but the liberal party was what the is Whigs. now called the classical liberal party, which is basically a, like a libertarian party. In the old sense. Well, that's what classical liberalism kind of was. Yes, yeah, so that, that's what... Very it was an argument between the two of them. And the famine basically boiled down to how little are we going to help? Are we really only a little? Or, or just barely. Just a little, there, a there are arguments made to this day, and they're not unfounded, that it was not a famine. It was a Sorry? laissez-faire genocide. Because there great wasn't there was enough. Yeah, it was that's <laughs> a, a great, great band name. Band name. It's a great band name. Good, good punk name. Uh, there there was enough opening food. up for first world anarchy. Lazy fair genocide. Lazy fair genocide. Don't try hard. <laughs> <laughs> but they you know they there was enough food. It existed, but they had to ship it out of country, back to Britain, to have it thrown away. To no, because they did not want to fuck with the prices. This sounds. Familiar to like I don't know the grapes of wrath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Depression era America. Yeah, it's it's the same five same year every plan time. Soviet Russia, like all sorts of other, anything where there's I mean if you want to go into the the politically I'm sure a hardcore like I'm libertarian kind of person will be like well that's what happens when the government messes around with prices of shit. It's that yeah, it, they I mean fuck it up but worse than it could be. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know they're going to say that. Certainly. But it was basically like, it's not our job to protect these people. They had no. to protect themselves. They're fucking poor. Fuck them. Also, they're papists. I don't care if they die. Papists is, the, the, is, is their word for, for Catholics. Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Catholics call themselves. As, a, as the only Catholic here, I'll tell you, that's, that's what we say all the time. I mean, that's what he called it in this, in this thing. He said yeah. there, there will be less papists, which is good. If there were just fewer believers, that might be good. But they they might die out. I, I, and that's a whole other British history thing of the Reformation, yeah. and that's um, also you know, why Anglican why they are considered subhuman. Well, why, th- why the they, well is it why they were cons- yeah exactly was it why they were considered Not why, subhuman or a no. just an excuse? It's a justification. It's a convenient thing that also happened because it had been centuries. I mean, it, of it, subjugation. It, it happened to be that, but it was further just like whatever. They're not fucking. You know, they're like they're not English. Exhibits yeah. A through Z, and they're Catholic. Yeah. I feel like, but the. I mean, this is also still uh, well at this point when Swift is writing. It's not that's quite the same, but say a century or so earlier. Religion is the dominating force in people's lives. Absolutely. So if you pray to the wrong God... Or the wrong version of the same God. Yeah. You are putting yourself and your kin in horrific jeopardy. I I think the religious element is a a convenient element on top of of what we should call racism. 
Certainly, uh, religion has, for hundreds and hundreds of years or thousands, been a way to justify the way you already feel. Well, this is why, <laughs> and this is not my personal belief, though, but some people will claim that anti-Catholic bias is one of the oldest, um, if not the oldest, isms, racisms, whatever you want to call it. The, the Except for the whole stuff about the Jews. Well, yeah, that's that's, big <laughs> that, that's older. But they killed Jesus. That's different. Um, <laughs> the, uh, one of the oldest things in in Western tradition, if you because pre slave trade, there are people in Europe who yeah, are like, Catholics but, are bad. But it's I'm not trying to equate it. But I'm just saying that that is an ancient, by our terms, ancient thing about uh, kind bias. of kind of. But it's that's bordering on like men's rights kind of thing. Um I don't know if it's quite the same as the men's rights. I mean men's rights here thing, but... here in America, yes, but for the rest of Europe and outside of England, most of them were and still are Catholic. No, that's not true. Uh, most Northern, of Germany. Germany uh, I mean besides, yeah, besides like them, uh, but all the Nordic states. Yes, but that was with the, And then the, you go to the There was not the, a, there was not this huge anti-Catholic Greece, but they, but they Spain, weren't, France and Italy. They were not were all they were not like, They didn't have this crazy anti-Catholic bias for most of it. Like it's stronger here in the New World. And yeah. in, in, in in America. Yeah. In the South America it's all Catholic anyway. They're all for but, it. But like the I Yes, and Catholics were discriminated against here and in England and in Ireland, where it was taken over but, by England. But those are, but England is probably the big. Uh, yes, it's, people, it's probably the biggest influence on our legislative system. Yes, from the old world. But yeah, anti-Catholicism as as, a, as anti-Catholicism as a thing, we experienced it because we were owned by England, like in the earth. It's I don't not think anyone's much claiming it's the oldest thing on the earth. Yes. No one's claiming that. No. But they're saying... I mean, I, I think I'm certain I, some I, people I, are. I'm not. I don't <laughs> believe this. And I'm not trying to play like I, my friend thinks. But I've just heard this argument. And it is there are interesting elements of it. And I just don't know enough about it to argue one way or another. Um, but, but there is at least some evidence that, you know, Catholics were persecuted. I mean... JFK was the first, is the only oh, Catholic no. president. And it people was, were like, I don't know if he could be president because he was a Catholic. And that was like 1950. It was 100% a thing in America. A hundred and thousand percent. It could very well a thing, I yeah. think. It's mm-hmm. still a thing. Yeah. Although one, one change for America today is that Catholic is the largest religion. It is the single largest denomination but, but in most, the country. But, but, well, that's because they break up all Protestants into into their own little branches. That is true. Like they used to just call them out, Christian. Yeah, outside of, you know, New York and some Boston. places. Boston. It doesn't exist. Yeah, there like, it it, it, no it effectively does not exist throughout most of America. Sure. It's a large, maybe, it may, maybe it's a large single denomination, but that's because there are literally hundreds of denominations of Protestants. And there are, there are millions of Catholics in Europe and South America yeah. Central America. There, are, there, there are literally billions of Catholics. It's a, a billion. I yeah, it's like a billion. Like it's the largest religion. I think is Islam is the largest growing religion. But Islam Fast, is faster growing. Islam is two groups, though. You know, the Shia and the Sunni. They're con- they're uh, as they get as, counted as, as one as both of them. They are the biggest, fastest growing group. But the biggest group is still Catholicism. Sure, because it's all of South America. And like random Asian countries, they've kind of they've got a hand, they've it. got a handful of people in some countries. All right, so according African to yeah. according to the Wikipedia article called and and never ever wrong called religion in the United States, the largest uh, largest religious 
denomination is just called Protestantism, and yeah. that's 48.9% of the country, followed by Roman Catholicism, which is 23% of the country. But, the, but, again, but the, the 48% is split up among many, many, many... Yeah, um, it's, split, it's hugely split. And so none of them are going to be as... Not any one is going to be as many as the Catholics. But as... They have more in common with each other than they do with Catholicism, besides those fucking it's, Episcopalians. The, the Episcopalians are like Catholic light. It's just basically, it's American Anglicanism. But it, which is basically, I can't believe it's not Catholicism. Yeah, which, yeah. So, those anyway, are the But there's not that many by, of them. Followed by no religion. That's, 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 like the, that's probably the fastest growing in America, I would imagine. Yeah. That keeps going up and up yeah, and up. It, mm-hmm. So that's followed by 18%. And then everything else is single digits. Where yeah. We've got uh, Judaism, 2.1%. Mormonism, 1.8%. That's Islam, too many Mormons. 0.8%. All in Dearborn, Michigan and New York City. The Muslims? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're in uh, Minnesota for the, where the Somalis are and uh, in Maine. Some of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, Mississippi the mo- is the most religious state, or the number of adults. That. The number of adults who describe themselves as very religious, and the least is New Hampshire, and the least hmm. literacy rate, probably. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder why. What's the correlation? They don't know how to read the Bible. The greatest book besides Art of the Deal. <laughs> That's the only two books that matter. So yes, anti-Catholicism is definitely a thing here, and it was definitely a thing in England because in England. because of all that Henry VIII shit. Which is... Because their religion... Fun their religion story. was is just Catholicism minus the Pope. Yes. Yeah, so you're not... You can't fire me. I quit. That's the story of Anglicanism. I'm starting that's my own that church. That's, that's what it is. I want a divorce. So I'm getting giving myself a divorce. No one else. No one else can get divorced. Just me. But I'm, I'm pretty sure... He first asked for an, annul, an annulment. But his... This is Catherine of Aragon... Yes. Who was like the cousin of the Pope? She was related to the Pope. She was related in some to the Pope because she was a princess from Spain. And yeah. so he was like, You can't do that, dude. His like niece or some relation, right? Yeah. And he's like, Well, fuck you. I'm my own Pope. And I divorced that bitch. Hey, hey, hey. Yep. <laughs> I am the Pope now. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's kind of, that's not kind of, that is that's what it, started yeah. it. I mean, there and, was the process of That was the Martin entire basis of. Catholics aren't human. We're totally different. Yeah. It's, it's, I remember when I was in, I went to Catholic school and in, in middle school, the um, teacher went to England over Christmas break. She's a very religious woman. She's, she's still a, she's a principal of a Catholic uh, middle school in uh, Brooklyn, I think now. And I her believe s- you mean papist school. Uh, yeah. Her son was there, worked there or something. She went to, and she went to Christmas Mass, and she had to go to an Anglican church, because that's what was nearby or something. And she came back and reported to us, and this is 1999, how it was basically the exact same thing, guys. It is the same thing. They have the same dresses, the same hats, but it's not the Pope. Nope. It's totally different. It's not, it's not a mitre. He wears a crown. That was it. But she did this say this is the equivalent of coming to America. I was like, it's not McDonald's. It's, Ma- it's Mac, Mac Arnold's. Mac Arnold's. <laughs> they use seeds on our buns. Our buns are seedless. It's the same They're shit. They're golden arcs or whatever. We have They're the golden gold. arches. We're the golden arcs. Um, but she came back and told him, like, oh, it's actually really similar. You know, it's a very beautiful ceremony. She, she, she was not shitting on it at all. And she didn't build it up like that. But 
uh, she said, the, the, the most different thing, which I actually thought was kind of nice. The, the communion... You didn't fuck the kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't say that, actually. And they probably uh, fucked the kids. Actually, Jeremy W., you need to go see Father, uh, Father Ron right now. But it was... Um, <laughs> instead of giving, like... Instead of giving you that styrofoam wafer that you eat, you guys wouldn't know. You never gone to Catholic school. No. Um, the, I've heard the, about it. The host is this awful thing that you eat. Well, it's still like the rest of English food. Well, well no, this is a Catholic school. It's, it's Catholic cannibalism, church. so yeah. Uh, imaginary holy cannibals in which cancels out. I've heard it called uh, Haunted Bread. That's fantastic. That's also a great band name. But Haunted Bread, uh, it's, it's a piece of unleavened, mass-produced bread. You ever have a Necco wafer? Yeah. I, it's I, like a Necco I, I wafer. I have eaten a Catholic wafer. It, they suck. They're terrible. They like stick to the roof of your I mouth. Fe- I felt Jesus shitting in my mouth when I did it. That's what, uh, yeah. Because I'm a, well, I'm a dirty, you know. dirty proddy, but... Well, we do too, and then we have to say we're sorry. But um, she was like, it was really amazing. They had, it was actual pieces of bread. And we're like, that sounds like a beautiful ceremony. That sounds wonderful. Like, what? Because that's what it fucking was. You know, bread and wine, as opposed to watered down Manischewitz hey, and styrofoam it's, discs. It's still America. They're still going to cut costs wherever it's, they it's, can. <laughs> this is where capitalism really America takes hold. America first. America first. <laughs> we're not going to use second. Any of that imported bread. Anyway, this story, really dark. If you know, if you, the more you look into the story behind it. This is, this is the kind of thing that'll make you learn a little bit of history. You're like, I wonder what he was so pissed off about. Well, because you first read it in the surface and you're like, that's funny. Ha, 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 ha. And then you, why did he say it? And you're oh, oh, dear God. It's like, oh, they, they wiped these people out. This was not cool. I see why he was a little you know, salty, a little upset. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little salty. Who should read it? Uh, well, I mean, kind of everybody, but not till you're ready. So it is like, only five I pages. I feel like so everybody have an appetite for it. I feel like everybody <laughs> should read it, but I feel like everybody won't get it, and many people will never get it. I mean, people will never want to get it. I feel like you're quoting a rap song right now. The amount of times you said, get it. It should be a song, yeah. Don't stop. Get X going to give it to you. The sequel is... X going to get you, it you, you to get you. It. You, got, you have already got it. X don't get it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, what do you mean by some people will never get it? I don't want us to sound like elitist pricks. I just want to help. I don't want to sound like elitist pricks either, but I think there are people who do not get satire. There are people who don't know fucking anything about history. Certainly, English-Irish relations... From three centuries ago. From three centuries ago. I think satire is a difficult thing. You, satire requires a hell of a lot more. People, people regularly believe The Onion to be real. Yeah, and, and every and time that happens... And that's so absurd. It happens like every day. Yeah. Don't you want to... And that sounds like very fascist right now, but don't you think those people should then be like taken out and sterilized? Like, how could you not? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, dude, you had your chance. You you could have hit it, and no. One I'm sorry, cared. you're too stupid to keep going. You're really hurting everyone. You're going to have five children. They will mostly, probably, all be too stupid to keep Certainly going. Certainly, they're going to all yell "Roll Tide" at least once a day, <laughs> or go pats. Yeah, yeah. 
They're just oh, they're just they're like sports they're guys. No, they're just sports well, people. Every, right. people yeah. Oh yeah, they could be. They could people be in Boston, Boston are going to read this and not get it. They'll be angry, but for the wrong reasons. Maybe the right reasons, but not really get why. They wouldn't right. go in a ragu. God, that doesn't Let's make fucking sense. Rag out. Who eats rag out? That's when a bitch is on a period. Yeah, I had, there was a lot of uh, footnotes in the version I read where I was like, rag out? Oh, ragu, okay. That's how it's spelled, I think. It is. Uh, well, then. Uh, I think it's, it might not be spelled that way anymore. No. Okay. I just assume that's what it was. Yeah, but it's, the same, it's essentially the same thing. It's back when they, you know, wrote it's things. It's fucking weird meat sauce. Way. Yeah. Well, ragu. So, yes, most people... All right, most people aren't going to get. Most because, people are going to. Mo- most people will get it. Uh, no, mo- but most know, people won't get it. I, I, that's I not feel really like snobby. Mo- douche, most people will get it. Certainly, most people will get it if there are readers. If they are, you know, I, I feel culture, like, I feel like they know a little bit of history because you have to understand British Irish relations. And if I'll say, if you're not a fucking white person who un, who has some skin in the game. You're not going to learn it because it's not. But I feel part like I feel, I feel like I feel like no, any. I feel You're like a lot of. It. I feel like a lot of people will still be able to feel sass when they read it. But this is the thing: is you have to be a very literate, like you have to be a very skilled reader to get past all the fucking rococo vocabulary. Okay. To get yeah. the sass. If you're if you're so sounding the out of the every fourth word, you're not going to get benefit it. of the doubt and say half of people will get it. I will say that's still optimistic, but sure, fine. It's unlikely, but I want to believe that they'll be just like, "Oh, he's not serious." Then are they are they then going to make the leap and say, "Then what is he?" That's another step. Is it a joke? It's just a funny ha ha joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So here's another question: Should people read it, considering that the thing he's describing is not only 300 years ago? But Ireland has been an independent country for a century. You know, like, there is no longer this tenant-client I mean, relationship it is, between it is, England and it Ireland. It is still applicable, maybe not directly, but in terms of, like, a just dealing with taking care of the people. Yeah. Like, oh, they're poor. Make them eat their babies. Fuck them. There's too many of them. Because that happens with all the, the whole welfare queen things of the 80s. It was the exact same shit. It's completely the same. All right, fine. So it, I could see that you know there is this is a conti- this is this is an issue right now as we record and it's an issue throughout the entire of human history. But it's a, it's an issue specifically right now of our moment in the United States as we have a a presidential campaign sometime in the next year, but a year from now, Thanksgiving. Yeah, but people have been working on it for a while. Yes. What is the obligation to the lower class? Individuals and what is the obligation of the upper class, wealthy people? Like, how does that work? And that's a discussion. I everybody has a different answer to. But it's not gonna. It's not a solution at all for our times. I mean, it's just it's just a no. way to mock. This one was like more of a lazy fair people. You know, like a certainly. It's also a matter of a, like empire versus like self rule. Like this was about how the English treated the Irish. This is just a, now. It's about us. Like these are our people. Well, that's, that's, I'm sure. People, that's, I'm sure for the, some people, like they're not our people. They're different, but that's a different issue. That's a yeah. I'm not going into the race thing, but that's that's us projecting ourselves onto this, which is a big step for some people, certainly. <laughs> well, some people can't help but project. I mean, yes. Some people think everything's about them, yes, or about this moment, and sometimes that's not. You know, they're the people who are like. I think that this thing in Pride and Prejudice is really about trans rights. Like, well, no, it's not. 
It's out. It's a. It's it's not. That or was I, not a thing then. I, yeah, like, I, and that's an extreme example. But like some people kind of just want to put whatever they're interested in onto. I mean, there's this whole there's these growing academic groups about this. The plight of governments and the poor is a pretty timeless thing. Sure. And how they are treated is universal. It's always been a question. So it's not a huge leap for people to apply it to now. But this requires a few steps of... A few. Separation. A few. Because you have to then say, like, what was the issue here? What's the issue now? What's the, you know, the gist of each? You might not even need, theoretically, to know what the issue was then. I mean, you should, but you might not need to know it. If you don't know what the issue was then, how can you possibly understand what his satirical message was? Because the message is pretty obviously the poor were treated like shit. But it's 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 specific. I mean, the, this thing about papacy, the stuff about the papacy, the the, the 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 other like the offshoots like the papacy and all that stuff is one thing. But like the fact of like, oh, the poor are poor. They have too many kids. Tell them to meet the kids. That's, that's sell their kids. That, the hungry fact. Yes, the the it's literally sell the poor to feed the rich. It's pretty universal whether or not you know what was happening then. It's like the um the dead Kennedy song, kill the poor. Yeah. So who's I mean, poorest? Probably goes, Irish. Yeah. Kill, 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 kill the poor. Kill, 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 kill the poor gel, tonight. Gel Obiafra. Gel Obiafra. Yeah. <laughs> Irish. <laughs> That's the same thing. Well, not really. Right. Jello Biafra. Gel Obiafra. It's on a holiday in Cambodia. Um, all right, we could we could argue. I mean, I think we kind of agree. We're just kind of. Oh nothing. yeah, we agree. We, we're just. Nothing. I just think that the average. The average non-book-reading person not is gonna not going to really get it without like a Sherpa, without you're, someone saying, like, this is what's going you're, on. You're probably right. Here's why well, it's funny. Here's why it's really dark and awful. And here's what he was don't, responding to. Don't you to. think most people, well, okay, don't you think a good number of people, even without a Sherpa, would read it and then look into like, wait a minute, even just for a second, wait a minute, what the fuck is he talking about? Do you well, think most people would think he really means eat babies? I, well, well, yeah, some people you're would. right. I, but I think most people wouldn't pick it up. So, well, of, the people pe- don't read. of the uh, people uh, who would pick it up. Let's have a thought experiment where yeah. everyone, do- everyone reads it. I think, I think if everyone reads it, you're going to get a lot of people who are like, this guy's fucked up. I think yes. if only people who are readers read it, they will it'll largely be, get it. It'll be trending on Facebook as, oh my God, John Swift was a monster. Yeah. Cancel Jonathan Swift. But if the oh, if liter- if book reading Swift folks, kick in the ass. Hashtag uh, yeah yeah there it is. Hashtag kick in the ass. If if people who are book reading types who read about the news a little bit who read literature who read a bit of like they are aware of a little bit that they could fit this in somehow, they'll read this and they'll kind of go like oh wow he's joking that's fucked up. But people who don't have a background in history specifically English-Irish history, people who don't have an understanding of what satire is, they're going to look at this, if they could somehow get past the distinct 300-year-old language, they're going to look at this and be like, this motherfucker wants to eat babies. I mean, who doesn't? Babies. Shit's soft as fuck. (laughs) I don't know. Will people know or not? Who knows? You know what? You let us know. 
Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com or follow us at Twitter at drunkguysbc or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if uh, you've listened this long and you haven't eaten a baby yet, or if you have, leave us a review wherever you're listening and just round up to five stars for uh, how many fingers a baby has in each hand. A review of how the baby tasted, not how we done. It's really good. And we are now members of the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. So if you like us, you should check them out too. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>